Hi, Susanna. Hello, how are you doing? I'm good, you? Doing good. Good for uh, Friday morning. And oh, yeah. Uh, so, Susanna, uh, as much as what I told to everybody in the coming days of the interview, why don't you tell the listeners about yourself? Sure. So, hello, everyone. My name is Susanna Smayoa. I am a senior attending the University of Houston with a double major in mechanical engineering and computer science. Um, my past, I have done um, completed five engineering internships ranging with different companies, um, starting from my first internship at NASA, uh, second on to um, L3 Harris Technologies. And then I've also done two research internships with the NSF and the Department of Education, uh, onward to Northrop Grumman, and two upcoming internships with uh, SpaceX and HP. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I mean, hey, I mean, I mean, <laughs> listeners, I, I bring the best in oh. terms of guests. I mean, I'm not trying to like suck up, but just like you know. <laughs> You find that you find the best people for the best perspectives of these things. And, you know, with this episode is about in interviews. So to segue, this is like kind of like, I guess for those who are like listening, you know, probably discovering the show who are probably like, you know, like a freshman, a junior, uh, a sophomore. What would you like give advice to the people who are starting out like in their college years, specifically like sophomore and junior? Because, you know, uh, freshmen, they kind of just, you know, they do their basics. Yeah. They kind of take it easy until you know, when they reach the sophomore and the same thing goes to juniors, you know, they're almost near as a senior year. So what would you give advice on what to do as a sophomore and as a junior? Sure. So um, I think believe, uh, between freshman through junior year, it's all about exploring exactly what you like to do in your future career after you graduate. And uh, one of the first steps to do is to look around and um, join organizations such as ACM, IEEE, uh, find your find your organization that best, you know, suits your needs as far as what you want and who you are as a person. I've been in all types of organizations ranging for the ones I mentioned also with SWE Society of Women Engineers. I'm also one of the role model members for Society of Women Engineers. I'm also part of SHIP, the Society of Hispanic Professional Engineers. Um, of course, because I'm a Latina, but they um, they accept all types of people, no matter what your background is. Um, but just being in those kinds of environments really help propel you into different types of situations, such as conferences, where you're actually able to kind of like develop yourself as a leader, as someone who is able to be engaged in teamwork, and also the opportunity to join career fairs. And that's vital for being a, in an environment that you can literally just display your resume. And even if you don't have a developed resume with any professional experiences as far as work, um, your volunteering and what you do as far as your extracurriculars go a long way in your resume. And I think that's something a lot of uh, sophomore, junior um, people have because of the fact that they have been inside a, a school environment for at least two, three years. So uh, really engaging with your orgs, really trying to develop some type of volunteer background uh, will do wonders for your, you know, your future career and also for you to actually be accepted into a different internship program. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I mean, I never um, take for granted, you know, the opportunities that, you know, let's say your school provides like, 
you know, being in a club or an organization, because you learn a lot of things. Because with, you know, yeah. let's say for me, without ACM, I wouldn't have learned about, you know, COSI or GMIS. Yes. And it wouldn't let me to, let's say, to the opportunities, let's say, um, you know, the conference or the college bowl, which those were fun for me. And I got to meet other people who are like minded as as such as myself. And, you know, you get to connect with also people in the industry as well. So that's also great. So it's always good to be a part of those types of organization and clubs on campus. Exactly. Yes. And they do. They're great for resumes and such a great a resume builder for any student. Yeah, definitely. So uh, with building your resume, you're going to use that to like apply to jobs and internships. So I know that I've heard stories of people, you know, they apply and sometimes they don't get through the first threshold, which is just getting an interview. But even so, um, let's say they do get the interview and they kind of like stumble or at least in their sense, they might mess up and they get rejected or even even before they get the interview, they get rejected. How would you as someone who's applied to internships? How would you deal? What, what was the best advice you would give to dealing with rejection? Sure. So I think when when your first comment as far as um, rejection prior to an interview, it's all about that resume. And I think a lot of people nowadays, they have like this kind of like objective, subjective kind of uh, format. And your subjective and objective needs to say a lot more about yourself um, and actually have action words to say, like, if you created something, if you develop something, those keywords uh, created, develop, need to be integrated in your resume at some point. What did you, and if you did create something, what did you create? Um, how did you create it? With how many team members did you create it with? What was ending result? So kind of apply that STAR method, that situation, task, action, result into your resume and the same way you do in an interview. So in a resume, it's almost like your pre-interview. You have to already be saying these types of things, numerical values, if you have any implemented into your resume. And that kind of now that everything's is being, you know, referred through at, in an algorithm type of segment. So things that algorithm is looking for those action words. They're looking for those numerical values um, inside of your resume. And once you have those implemented into your resume, you surpass that range and you go on to interviewing. Once you interview, let's just say like, you have to also be able to condense what you've done in that, in those experiences in a very concise format. Um, I know that there's just so many different things you want to talk about in, in interviews. And one of the biggest problems I see is that many people don't know how to condense it or they didn't practice the timing of their answer. And I always suggest to condense your answer in a two to two and a half minute response. And that way you don't go off tangent. Or if they do want to talk about something specific or more detailed within your two to two minute description, they have the chance to ask you that um, instead of you just kind of rattling on. Um, and as far as rejection goes, you know, there are some people that have different fits and within companies and you're interviewing them as much as they're interviewing you. So there's also sometimes when the vice versa happens to where like, oh, you don't really see that yourself in that specific team. And some people voice their opinions about that in their interview or, you know, at the end of the day, they just said, you know what, um, thank you so much for the interview, but we decided to go a different way. Um, I think 
any type of rejection, there's always, it's just opens another door for an opportunity. So at the end of the day, you have to kind of just take that rejection, see where you could have done better, practice more, and then from there attack again, you know, it may be to the same company, maybe at a different time, or maybe at a different company, it just depends on what you want. But at the same time, like, I always try to take negative situations and kind of twist them into a learning opportunity, and make them into a, a you know, a positive. No, that's a good outlook. I mean, it always comes back to that, you know, yeah. uh, learning as a learning experience, you know, you know, don't take it as like as a sign of like, you're not good enough for uh, the field that you're pursuing, you know, just like, it's just you weren't sufficient enough, but you can like know what's wrong now so you can fix them. And now you might have a better chance than the first time. Exactly. So, uh, yeah. Um, so for those that are like, you know, um, I guess have issues with, you know, just trying to be the best in their own field and then they see other people, let's say, I'm not going to point at you, but let's say <laughs> compared to me and you, what you've done is pretty tremendous. And what I've done is, okay, I'll be honest, I'm going to be like, you know, not too much, um, you know, not, not high and mighty, but like, let's say for those that are just, you know, uh, like, you know, self-conscious about, let's say, imposter syndrome, which probably a lot of people have heard about and, yes, of course. and, 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 and like and experience it. Mm-hmm. What is the best way in dealing imposter syndrome if you've ever had imposter syndrome? Oh, yes, I've had I've had it all the time. And um, I tell people, even after doing my five internships and still being accepted into two others, like I still have this like resounding like, oh, what if I can't do it? What what kind of people am I going to be with? Um, you know, and it's it's really hard to kind of like second guess and surpass that second guessing that doubting type of tendency we all seem to have especially as a stem major in any sort you really feel that there's just so many people who have so much leaps and bounds in their background and it's like how are you going to compare um but at the same time you know i do my best to not compare myself with others. And everyone has a different background. Everyone has a different story. Everyone has different talents and skills. And I know myself, I know that I am, you know, very well, like skilled in some technical parts and some others. So I know I have my weaknesses and I have my strengths and I love to find people that have the, the, you know, like the yin to my yang um, type of thing to where, hey, I can fulfill the, the void that they have and they can fulfill the void I have with my skill set. So I think we all have something to bring to the table. And at the end of the day, no one matches up perfectly because we all come from different places and we all have different types of skills. And our perception of what we do every day is so different. And I love that, you know, if, and in STEM, we have the power to be creative and the power to utilize our creativity for all kinds of things and all kinds of applications. So, you know, I could see something one way and, Um, you know, and like one of my internships, uh, specifically, I was making a design for something for one of the cameras, that's a telescope for NASA at L3 Harris. And whenever I was there, one of the mechanical engineers was having an issue with it. And I just brought up, hey, what if we do it this way? And she was just like, wow, I would never have seen that I would never have you just brought fresh eyes into this, into this, you know, um, 
design and you know that design got approved by nasa and that design is going to be implemented on the telescope and be launching off into um space in 2025 so i'm and that's one of my proudest moments as far as like my background and in, in all my internships um you know but at the same time just that fresh look that that differentiation of mindsets can add so much value so yeah i think everyone's going to have that and no matter um, how many years you're in professional environment i think people are always going to have that especially because of the fact that you have so much great people around you it's very hard to not feel intimidated i know i do so you know i think it's just something that's a human factor in in your life and especially in a career and you just have to really be like you know what they're good at what i that what they do and i'm good at what i do let's keep going yeah no that that's well said i mean honestly yeah i mean i've i've been i wouldn't say a victim but just say uh <laughs> just someone who's experienced imposter syndrome and you know like let's say one time i was at this a hackathon in, in the what was it some guy from a company said oh what do you like to do front end or back end?" i said both and i, <laughs> I don't even know what either of those men but i just wanted to say the right things to him yes. Yes. and i was just like oh, god what is what am i doing <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's 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 inevitable, but, you it know, is. you just you just learn to live with it, but you don't let that discourage you. That's just what it is, you know? Yes. Uh, and so um, let's say, if, you know, back to the second one, the second question about, you know, let's say applying to the internship and you made it through the threshold to the interview mm -hmm. and you do get the job or internship. What happens if, let's say for me, uh, from my experience, I applied to this internship that was like, I guess, was like for a nonprofit. We were helping children apply to college, at least yeah. understand college. Yeah. And um, as a computer science student, that whole summer, I did not write one line of code. So I was, so my question is like, should you be applying to like, let's say, to internships in the case that you know I applied to other internships that are related to what I'm studying but I didn't get into them but I got into this one even though it's not related to what I'm studying but what I did get out of that internship myself was just you know some very useful and important skills that I've seen to also see in, in the computer science industry you know people soft skills organizational and the, and the occasion of leadership skills so uh, Susanna do you think in those types of scenarios, people sh should people apply to internships that may not be related to what they're studying, but they might get uh, learn they might get something out of it in terms of those other skills that are also valued. I guess universally everywhere, but like you know, let's say the people soft skills and the organizational and the leadership skills. Yes. So the short answer is. Of course, um, I, I'm a firm believer in diversifying your background. And, you know, even with when it comes to my background, you know, a lot of the companies I work for, I had returning offers for. Um, and, you know, I could have taken it, but I said, you know what, I kind of want to delve into something else and try to out something else. And even though it's a, just a chance, I would reject that full-time offer or that returning offer for the chance of a new one, which a lot of people wouldn't 
probably do, you know, so they can kind of stay in the safety net of things. Um, but at the same time, it's because of the fact that I loved different types of experience and those different types of experiences put you in uncomfortable situations. And a lot of people don't run to those types of situations, but I do because I feel that you, you learn so much in such a short period of time when you put yourself in those types of situations. And like I said, it's not everyone's favorite, but at the same time, like these types of like soft skills that you applied and that you learned in that type of uh, atmosphere really help propel you in different ways. So when it comes to technical skills, I think everything is learned and a lot of things are learned in the field as far as your company and everyone learns at a different type of software, like a different type of software, even if you've known like Java or Python or anything like that. And you think that because you're uh, hired on as a software engineer, but you're going to be like coding all day in these in these types of languages. And that's not even the case in most in most situations, because they have different types of software. Yes, you need to have the background to some point in these types of languages. But the type of software that they use isn't always that simple. You know, they have different types of software that need some type of perspective of coding and the organization of it maybe have like a coding format but at the end of the day it's entirely different so you always have to kind of go into maybe i'm going to use the skills i already have maybe i'm going to learn more and maybe i won't even learn any of the this i mean um put any of the stuff i already know into an actual application but you're going to learn something regardless so i feel that no matter what job that you apply to i hope that most people who are stem actually apply to some type of STEM. But at the same time, even if they don't, and they get rejected from STEM, and they do get like some other kind of uh, opportunity as far as internship or job, you know, that type of experience is what you're going to be, you know, utilizing in your resume. And the more you know, in that in that experience, that's what you're going to be able to like, uh, talk about in your in your future interviews. So everything has value. I don't think anything doesn't have value, uh, no matter what type of uh, career niche it's, it's in well well that's well said everything has value um yeah i mean i guess uh, you know there's a one time at the gmis conference where um the people from representing jp morgan chase they said that when they interned there the first thing i think one of them said that they asked do you know what to do and they were like no like the whole group of interns at that time for jp morgan chase didn't know what to do so what I'm just saying is like, you know, even if you're in something like that and you're like working for someone, let's say JP Morgan Chase shouldn't be intimidated because, you know, everybody else is kind of at the same level as you yeah. when you started there. But exactly. uh, yeah, um, so uh, another thing when, you know, for let's say, um, you know, when you're applying to jobs, going to conferences like GMIS and stuff like that, there's always that that thing that you need the most, which is a LinkedIn account. So I have a LinkedIn account and I've been having it since, whew, since junior year in high school, even though I didn't touch it that much, they just said, make one. I'm like, all right, I'll just yeah do this and all that. But when it came time to, let's say a conference like GMIS, mm -hmm. I had to use it. So, um, let's say, uh, Susanna, I I've seen your LinkedIn. I'm not going to just like, <laughs> um, Oh, I hope you it? liked it. I hope you liked it. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was. It was. Oh, okay, it's just, great. it was just like, it was like a wall of like, just accomplishments. I mean, oh. if, if everybody saw it, I mean, I'm not trying to like, you know, gush <laughs> over it, but like, 
you know, I'm very proud of it. So that thank you so much. I really, I really appreciate your feedback on it. <laughs> yeah, my my LinkedIn has that little bar that says intermediate or something. He's like not all the way at the end of the bar. It needs more stuff. I'm like, yeah. I mean, I'll get to it one Just, day. Yeah. yeah. But like, let's say for someone like me or other people who have a LinkedIn account but mm-hmm. haven't really utilized it that much and only use it when it's necessary. How do you get the most out of a LinkedIn account throughout, you know, just at least creating an online presence on that platform? Gotcha. So I think when it comes down to the LinkedIn account, it's all about the different types of adding connections that you have. So, you know, adding some uh, like different people that you know that maybe already had internships with certain companies, you can, that are peers of yours, add them. Different people that already have like, Let's just say that they already are like professor, uh, professors that you worked with or something like that. And they feel comfortable if you, after your class is done with them or even if you already have a class with them currently. And if like they have LinkedIn, you can always try if they reject it. Oh, well, kind of a thing. But you're trying to get yourself into like as, mo- as the most exposure as possible. So making connections really going to add to your to your wall. And once you have that wall, that feed coming in, you're able to start liking different things. And those like and are going to be notifying other people you're going to be able to understand you know the mentality and what kind of like coincides with other people's um likes or any support kind of icons that they have so once you make those connections and you know if you like the same thing or if it's a recruiter you know that's how you kind of like throw it out there like you can post your resume and all that stuff in in your LinkedIn as well now even if you don't have a very established resume you could always have it on there as like a beginning type of you know platform maker or you can kind of just put a link if you have a website or something like that, you can always drop your link and make a URL. I used to have a website up there, um, but I just I took it down because it kind of became irrelevant after my progression came up to where I just didn't want to be updating both the website and the LinkedIn at the same time. But yeah, making those, those connections and then um, reaching out, finding those different opportunities, for, especially now, it's so much easier to have, you know, be joining in on a Zoom call or, and it's kind of like a blasted, like, hey, if anyone wants to, you know, learn about this, here's the Zoom call, you know, here's everything and this is a date and you can just, you know, apply to it, fill out a form, they email you the link and all that stuff like that. So, and then from there, you're able to to talk to people that again share different ideas and like together and or have the same kind of background as you and and then from there it just becomes kind of like a you know like a binary tree to where it just keeps going except there's no stopping point you know and and um yeah and it's a lot of fun once you start uh, networking more and more but I think a lot of people need to really utilize these types of platforms. Um, I do know a lot of people who are seniors and juniors or even professionals who are already in industry and they don't even utilize their um, LinkedIn. And I'm like, you got to get on it Uh, just because at the end of the day, job security and such, you know, sometimes even though you feel that you're already in a job, you're already established, you know, one day that might not be so you making these different types of connections and finding out other types of, you know, companies that, you know, may have these types of routine um, add-ins as far as jobs or know their job descriptions is very important. Um, So you can pivot very quickly and go on to another job. I mean, yeah. um, Yeah. Cause like sometimes I try to like use that kind of like social media kind of feature where you just like either like, I guess, 
retweet or like you know like post something yeah. and then you're just like like it's about stuff that's like yeah. I'm more of an academic or professional yes because like I was like tr- struggling to like either whether or not to promote the podcast on there to mm-hmm. the point where like I don't know because uh, it'll like get me down to the path of like you know maybe posting some stuff that I usually would post on my Instagram and that's more of a personal thing yeah rather than a personal a professional side of things you know yeah, there's definitely a fine line in between. Um, but I think for like things like this, um, most students are very, very curious on like, how do they get jobs? How do they surpass interviews and, and such? So I think it is more of a professional thing. Um, but if it's something off podcast to where it's like not really educationally like integrated, then I mm-hmm. would feel that it was more of a personal thing. So yeah, I think a lot of people have that kind of tendency to say hey should I post this should I not um but I think it's always good to you know um share different things that you find interesting or that you know helped you onto your platform or to your wall and of course like and and heart things that you find interesting and that way your name kind of gets branched out and um yeah that that kind of increases your level as you were saying on your LinkedIn activity that's, that's actually good advice i might take it actually <laughs> because i have been doing the uh, liking uh portion on my linkedin i haven't posted any much lately but just been liking some things some things are inspirational like one post i think it was someone who um was trying to get their certification in something with uh, amazon mm-hmm. and he failed but he like you mentioned earlier before you know it was like a learning experience you know talking about how much like you know effort he put in you know he woke up like I guess five or seven in the morning and then just study up until the day of the test. But even if he failed, even though he failed, he still didn't let that discourage him from trying again. Exactly. So I, I like those things to see on to the, um, on, on LinkedIn. I mean, exactly. I like that in general, but I like to, it's interesting to see that on LinkedIn, you know, someone who was able, I guess, brave enough to just show that, you know, I didn't succeed in this because most of the time what I see in LinkedIn, is just people saying, I like I'm uh, I feel like I just I'm proud to announce that I got accepted to an internship at Google Tesla. I've seen yeah. so many of those. And then I see yeah. this guy's post and I'm like, wow, he yeah. he just really went there. And and I, I mean, like kind of inspired me to just, you know, like not be afraid of, you know, those types of like failures. You know, you want to be to the top, but for exactly. him, he just uh, he just went for it. Exactly. Yeah. And it also just shows a different side of like humbleness to to certain people to say, you know, and I always I kind of feel the same way. Like if I whenever I do have those kinds of things, yeah, you have like this feeling of like, wow, okay, why why wasn't I good enough? But at the same time, it's just like you don't learn and there's no successes without failure. So you have to take both sides of the coin to have the coin you know and you know I I just think that there are so many people who always kind of like strive and strive and strive and I've looked at different TED talks and things like that to where there's you know what really shows who you are as a person is what you do at the face of failure and what you do when you fall you know and you can always back up because you feel that you weren't good enough but a real winner and a real successor will always see that challenge and be like you know what that's fine I'm going to keep going, you know, and, and that's what really those kinds of stories show. And I've had different things like that happen to me, uh, of course, I think, and I really value those experiences and those toughened me, those made me stronger and my characteristics and also that character trait will take you far. So, you know, it comes and goes. Oh, yeah. Um, 
yeah i mean i'm hoping to have that like I at least positive outlook of everything you know so um susanna uh mentioning about you know that with everything going on right now with the pandemic and seeing that you know we might think things might get back to normal before the summer but even so people will still have to apply to some summer internships at this point so those uh, interviews uh probably will happen online like a zoom meeting such as this uh oh sorry <laughs> uh so sorry about that it's okay yeah, that was a sorry about that. That was a timer for me to. I was playing video games earlier today, <laughs> and I was just no trying. Yeah, I was trying to. I put it. I was supposed to put it at ten thirty, not eleven thirty. No but, way. Yeah, but back to my question. Um, so for those who are trying to apply to internships, and most of, and I'm assuming most of these interviews for these internships will probably happen to online, like a Zoom meeting, like this one. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming that you probably have some experience in this, like at least. Even before pandemic, people have had online interviews. So yes. what are some tips you can give to people who are, you know, doing an interview online, you know, in, the, in this, sure. in this, in let's say for this um, platform, for example, Zoom. Gotcha. So I think preparation is key, especially no matter for what interview, but especially for these type of platforms, you have to really be on point. Um, you know, your, um, your presence as far as what you wear, how you look, you know, you don't want to be 101 is don't look like you just got out of bed. <laughs> so it's kind of, it, you know, uh, that kind of goes a long way when it, you're speaking with someone in industry and like what type of attitude you have bringing forth and you always want to have your you know, your best foot forward kind of attitude and always look presentable. That's number one. Um, your tonality, uh, speaking clearly, not being muffled, no matter if it's a phone interview or something in this kind of environment, you have to speak very clearly. Um, try not to use a lot of filler words like ums or long um, parts of, of a drawn out uh, silence. You don't want that at all mm. <laughs> in any kind of things, as, especially because a lot of these conversations are timed. Um, I've had interviews as short as 30 minutes before with three people at the same time. And it's very tough. Uh, but at the same at, at the same instance, like you have to really uh, be concise with your answers. Like I said previously, you also have to make sure that you have your resume. I always tell people have your resume printed out by your side and if for some reason you get stuck on something you know you can like easily like not trying to be noticeable or anything but you can easily like look at it really quick glance at what word or what project name that you're working on that's kind of like on the tip of your tongue and it's a lot easier for you to like just say instead of having to like think about it for a long time so again uh, print your resume out if there's any type of special introduction that you would like to have practice it beforehand lots of times and I don't tell people just to read it you have to say it because there's times when you would get tongue-tied some people get tongue-tied on their introduction or like talking about certain projects um, so be just being someone who may sound weird but you have to be talking to yourself reading it out loud um, and I think there's just a lot of making sure that whenever you're actually understanding the questions that are being asked of you there's some people who kind of like you say they say the question and they didn't even catch it because they were like in their zone 
And <laughs> so they didn't have, they didn't even hear the question that was asked. And there's interviewers that have to re-say uh, the question. And you don't want that. That's, that's like the least that, because that shows a lot to the interview that number one, you're not paying attention. Number two, your, your mind's another place, you know, and um, it makes you f- sound very unprepared. So as soon as the questions is spouted out at you, you have to be very quick, say the answer in a very condensed way. And uh, yeah, and then let's move on to the other one kind of attitude. Don't dwell. I mean, yeah, I mean, I have a tendency to talk a lot, like even especially when trying to find a concise answer. I feel like every detail is very important, you know, because then it wouldn't make sense to the story or whatever the answer I'm trying to answer, you know, but um, a little bit of a follow up question. And in, in, in sometimes I get I've heard about this, like, you know, you want to be in an area where you're in a neutral background. And for us, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at your background. It's very stylish. I know yeah. not, nobody can see it, but it's, it's very colorful, very stylish. Like, a, like, um, like, it's just like a background for a YouTuber, you know, like, it, it's <laughs> like it's, it's, it was like purposely there. Um, do you do interviews in, 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 in the same, uh, let's say, um, shot yes so um i think it just is very organic in in itself i am i'm not one to post like the background type of filler things or anything Mm -hmm. like that unless it's like needed for something specific but i think it's just like something that's fun it kind of like brings me back to the element of like uh hey i'm a person i have different things i like and uh, these are some of the things i like behind me and this is kind of like my funky attitude and um it's it's very clean it's very professional it has like my different like some of my awards and some fun stuff whatever but i think it just brings kind of like the aspect of like hey we aren't we're all not on like a showcase type of atmosphere to where like it's it just seems like a little bit to me when there's just so many of like the backgrounds that seem like very ununique, it, it kind of makes me feel like I'm in a white room and there's no originality in, in any of it. And a lot of things, I mean, we already have so many things that sh- that are not like a robotic in, in STEM and have these different types of bots and things like that. I don't think that, you know, you as your personality or your background should display that same type of like blank attitude I think you want to bring as much attitude of yourself forward and I think having a really like personalized background if you can uh, really shows a lot about yourself and I think it's just some it's a fun atmosphere to work in even if you're not on an interview making your environment kind of like display who you are makes you feel more comfortable and it makes you want to work so it makes you more productive in the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, let's say for my background, um, I, I get a lot of looks for this because like there's so much um, collectibles in the background. So yeah, I'm like, I love it. I mean, it, I mean, you sure? Because sometimes I just tilt it to where it's just like a wall over there because I, I did that with my interviews last summer mm-hmm. and I just tilt my laptop to where it was just a neutral uh, a background, which was just this wall and a little bit of the curtain on the side. So I was like, you know, I was worried about that. And especially those that um wanted to do it on a platform where I couldn't use the virtual, um, you know, background. Even yeah. I don't like it sometimes because of how the outline looks. It just feels exactly. out of place, especially the lighting. Exactly. Yeah. I And um, it, it's really your preference. But I think from whatever I've gotten, I've never used. I've never used a virtual background ever. And 
I just like it that way. And like I said, if, if you have some stuff like that's messy or you didn't get to clean it, throw it, throw it on the virtual background. That's better than, <laughs> that's just be a lot better than having like, you know, showcasing all your stuff. So before I, and like, normally I have kind of like a chair or like a, bo a bookcase and I just like move it to the side because it's like a rolling thing. Mm -hmm. And, but normally I have like my books kind of like next to me here, but yeah, I think just making your atmosphere, um, you know, showcase who you are, your individuality and such. I think that's the, one of the only things we can do in this virtual world is kind of like showcase ourselves in our like nice background if we can yeah i mean yeah um i think i'll i'll i'll, I'll take that and i'll take that advice you know i'll try to do an interview with this background see what happens yeah i mean i don't th i think it's also just like i said like it shows a lot of who you are you know yeah. in, as a person and it can also might be a, like a talking point at sometimes too so of course you never want to have any kind of like bad stuff as far as something that's oh, yeah. going to be frowned upon uh if it's, it's if it's in someone's background um but yeah if it if it's like just you know collectibles or so something pretty chill i think it, it'll be fine i think it's the opposite was to be said it would be like a red flag for companies okay <laughs> but um yeah and i know a lot of people kind of have like different stuff or like they have roommates and and, and such mm. so i completely understand those kinds of things but if if you're all alone, I think it's fine. Well, yeah, I mean, all alone. I check <laughs> the box. Uh, so, Susanna, my final question is: seeing that we're all, um, you know, at home, uh, as students, we're, we're doing our coursework online virtually, mm -hmm. and um, I guess also, you know, applying to things, you know, let's say in internships, jobs, or any kind of research project online that will be not done on site whatsoever because of the pandemic what are some advice you can give to somebody right now to what they should be doing especially being confined to their bedroom and just ultimately online so are you talking about whenever you're actually in a virtual internship uh, i mean like let's say right now you know i'm you know i go to school you know sometimes mm -hmm. i just like um you know I, I do some chores stuff like that but you know everything else is just been moved online you know all the okay, internships gotcha. are online yeah. um, or some other opportunities are like let's say what you mentioned about clubs as well yeah like what can someone do as a student or even anybody really who just wants to like move up in the world find new opportunities but it's just confined to this virtual space in general gotcha gotcha yeah so it's unfortunate that you know once throughout this period of time that we've had to I think it's, I'm, a, I'm an extrovert all the way. I mm. am a, I'm a person who loves to be around a bunch of people and I feed off the energy of others. And, you know, I bounce, I love to bounce ideas around. So not having the ability to do that is, has been kind of just really unfulfilling for me. And, and even though I have enjoyed, you know, having the kind of like calmness around me of being by myself, it's still very hard. So I completely understand the question and where it's coming from. At the same time, I think that the only thing that you can do as, as a student or anyone to be more productive and also, you know, like you said, like want to excel in any kind of company environment or student environment is, you know, understanding that there are times to take breaks and you should not feel locked down. I think there's been a lot of situations because of the fact that everything's virtual now that people really take it 
advantage of that fact and they want to message you at like one in the morning and two in the morning and like all day long whereas before you know people as far as students or in professionals they were eight to five you know eight to four kind of mindset to where hey it's after work hours so I'm gonna leave it alone you know I'm gonna leave them alone whereas now it's like they're always home let's just text them whenever we want so like having uh, already a timed part of the day that's distinct for work and having a time of your day that's for you know recreation or something like that will will lessen the burnout of you know of feeling enclosed I think that's number one um, because I think you still need that human interaction you still need need to go outside and feel like like that kind of like a live feeling to feel lifted and such. So I know I need that. And I think a lot of people, because of the fact that they're, they have like different things around them and they have so many meetings and stuff, they feel like, oh, well, I just have work to do and I should go outside, but I have work to do. So I should keep working. And it's just like work is always going to be there. So you might as well just take a little bit of a break. And then also, secondly, it's time management. Time management is key to be productive and making sure that you're staying on task. Uh, I have a, uh, have always have a planner with me and I segment my day uh, with my most urgent priority parts of the day first. And then depending on deadlines or depending on things I can like do on the wayside, I kind of put that in my planner, but towards the end of the day, that way I know that that's something that I should have done, but I can wait till tomorrow to do that. So, and if some, at some point, you know, you want a break or something like that, you don't feel as bad or it's not kind of like an impending, like in your head, uh, deadline to where you're like, oh my goodness, I have to do this like as quickly as possible and rush to do things. Um, that's something that a lot of that anxiety is really bad for you in, in all types of ways. So I try to eliminate that type of anxiety and that kind of like impending doom deadline as soon as possible. And um, yeah, I think that's very priority and in internships as well. If you get any tasks from your um, supervisors or anything like that, you always want to try to do that first and understand that what is the orientation of the tasking? That way, if something's priority, you get that first and you understand that, hey, and they understand like, hey, I did the things that I was supposed to do first. Um, I'm going to try to do the other things on my list, but if I don't get to it, I'll get to it tomorrow or by the end of the week or I'll complete it by the end of the week or something like that, depending on your deadline and such. But I think those two things are very important in this atmosphere. I mean, yeah, I mean, during the begin at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, during the uh, stay at home order, it was kind of hard to stay focused because like most of what I was doing was in this room, my bedroom, yeah. which is like the most relaxed, secure place I can think of in the whole world. And exactly. this is now my workspace. This is where I just, you know, I take my tests, I take my quizzes, I do my classwork, my lectures. Uh, yeah. Also, this is where I had like standby meetings, you know, in my internship. So I was like, you know, it was like, you know, like just like conflicted between the, the you know, keeping it the working productivity side of things and just being relaxed and just, you know, laying on that bed and just, yeah. <laughs> just like daydream for a bit. And, yeah, just, exactly. like, and then you're like, and then you look over there tor towards like from here to towards my desk. So I'm like, oh, gotta get back to it. 
Exactly. Yeah. And then also, yeah, like I said earlier about your environment, having it in, into a space that increases your productivity and saying like, you know, I don't have to go far to reach for my book and I don't have to re uh, reach far to have a pen like that's back there. You know, that way you kind of minimize the timing that you stay away from your desk and very dedicate yourself to your environment. And then once you have lunch or something like that, do that, time yourself. I always kind of time myself, okay, giving myself 30 minutes for a 10 minute lunch. And then, and just kind of like the same way I would in a work atmosphere and come back to my desk and the same way I would in a work atmosphere. So I think that's why I'm saying like the time, the, the environment you put yourself in and making sure that you, you know, stop at a certain time to where you take breaks, it really minimizes on the next day, hey, oh, well, I spent all my day so now I want to be outside all day you know um you try to want to minimize that kind of attitude you want to really give yourself uh breaks in your day to dedicate to other things I mean yeah um yeah I mean oh what was I about to say I was <laughs> uh, I had a brain fart but um <laughs> but uh yeah it's just you know, time was always an issue with me. I mean, I tried to you know, find methods like, you know, the Pomodoro uh, uh, technique. You've heard of that? I think I've heard it, but I don't know exactly what it is. It's essentially you take 25 minutes of like four or five sets of 25 minutes that you become laser focused on what you're doing. And after the 25 minutes, you take a five minute break in between sets. After you reach your fourth set, you take a 30 minute break. Essentially, it's yeah, essentially, you're taking those 25 minutes because uh, the person who did the technique found out that you just were able to learn more under that time. Because if you said, I'm going to study for like three hours on Saturday, and then you put a timer starting from, let's say, 9 a.m. to like 12 p.m. And then you're kind of like you kind of like doze off a little bit during between the three hours. Yeah. So that's why I tried doing something like that. I also tried to like I guess worried about the time, you know, when I'm looking at, let's say, for lunch. Um, so then it takes a while to get my lunch ready because I had to make like I, I, I eat a salad. I eat a chicken salad. So I had to make that myself. Like get the, the, the lettuce, the avocados and chicken and everything else. And then I have like this amount of time left in my lunch, which I usually take an hour, which <laughs> twice is what you take. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's just um I try to, yeah, like I try to get things done at a certain time. Like, you know, for the spring break, uh, the first three days, I was just trying to do all my math homework. I was trying to do, was trying to write all the podcast episodes and trying to book guests. And uh, what else? Also try to learn to, you know, code something, make a side project. I mean, I was trying to build my own portfolio website. And the only thing I've come so far as to just buying a domain name. That's about it. Gotcha. So, you know, so sometimes I just like feel like, all right, I got to try something new the next day because like I I, tr I did plan out my spring break a week before and I try yeah. to knock out some things before spring break started for me, you know, but even mm -hmm. still like you know, so I, I feel like I get overwhelmed and anxiety and today for uh, Friday, I decided to take the day off like I, nice. you know, like I mentioned I was playing video games and yeah. And probably after this interview, I'm just going to either watch uh, some Netflix or play video games. Uh, I'll, I'll catch on the uh, the new Falcon and Winter Soldier. I'm going to see that. Nice. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I always feel like it's a good sign of relief just that it's OK to take yourself like take breaks for yourself. What I'm saying. Exactly. 
So it's yeah. great to hear for someone like you. Oh, yeah, there's I mean, I think there's some types of people who kind of like look at my background, look at what I do and kind of like they're always I am known as the person who doesn't sleep and <laughs> <laughs> to a lot of my friends. And because I'm just if someone messaged me, I'm on it. Like if someone does something, I'm normally like right on top of the ball. But at the same time, it's like it, it does take a toll on you sometimes to where I'm like, you know, I just don't even want to deal with this at, right now where I have like this like, the way you're saying about planning I've been planning for I think six months for this week um just because I'm normally so busy um and I took the first half of the spring break to work on my truck and just be outside all day long I was so excited uh just to be outside for hours (laughs) because I'm normally not outside for more than like an hour and a half and that's why I feel like I'm so pale right now. But um, <laughs> I'm like, I need my tan back. Uh, but at the same time, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of things that we can always do to make ourselves better. But at the end of the day, there's no point in, in you know, always striving, striving, striving when, you know, deep down inside, we feel so exhausted and we feel so like, wow, I need I need some I need some like me time. I need some time mm-hmm. to do something that I really like to do that's enjoyable to me. Yeah, what we do, I'm sure at some points, you know, is very involved and very fun in certain aspects. But then the day that's that's still a work type of thing. We start working in some type of aspect. So, you know, giving yourself a break and having time and saying, you know what, I don't need to push myself all the time. Like um, you do have that you know, that day to compartmentalize and really, you know, burst forth in your productivity at certain points of the day and leave the rest of the day to be your own if you can. Of course, not everyone can do that, uh, depending on how much work or the workload you have. But, you know, trying your best to have that kind of mindset is is very important for everyone. Um, And it gives you just such a fresh perspective for the next day. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, um, I've been trying to embrace that. I always feel like you feel guilty to take breaks, you know, but it's necessary. You know, it's, you know, always, you always put your physical and mental health as a priority, you know? Exactly. But yeah, those are, that was, those, that, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> That's but, but yeah, uh, uh, listeners, this was Susanna. <laughs> I mean, Susanna, thank you so much for coming onto the show. Um, I don't know if you're gonna relax after this, but you know, yeah, someone, a- someone told me you should, so I think you should <laughs> relax. Yeah, I have one more meeting at um in like an hour or so, an okay. actual physical meeting, which is gonna be interesting for my senior Ooh. project. Um, but after that, I'm probably gonna take the weekend and just like chill until Monday, since I have a lot of other things to do this upcoming week. Of course, as many people do. Um, but yeah, I'm just really excited just to get over my meeting and um yeah just be able to actually have some time to myself and uh, have some fun awesome awesome same thank you so much for having me it was a great time speaking with you thank you okay